Hi, I'm Jackie Goddard, and this is Power to Speak, the podcast, where I talk to a mix of creatives, thought leaders, authors, in fact, anyone with an interesting and inspiring story to tell. How did they get here? What have they learned? And how can their journey help us mere mortals? In this episode, I talk to John Burkhart. He's an award-winning keynote speaker, a performer, educator, marketer, and firecracking firebrand. He is also co-author of the marketing book Newsjacking, the urgent genius of real-time advertising, as well as founder of marketing consultancy TBC Global. He inspires audiences with interactive games and firecracker questions, helping them create content that is constantly curious. In my first ever in-person podcast, John and I discuss newsjacking, deathjacking, fubbing, imposter syndrome and Tinder. Never a dull moment. Enjoy. So I have to say, everybody, welcome to Power to Speak, the podcast, with John Burkhart. Oh my God, I, it is power to be spoken to, not yay, to speak. I yay, can't wait. Yay. Speak to me, Jackie. Well, I, mean, I have to say to everybody that's, that's either listening in uh, Listening World or watching on YouTube, you will notice that the background is different because I, I do all of my podcasts in my living room with my background. So here we are today on the road. I, I wanted Jackie to be in her element on a grand stage. We mm. have literally all of our mutual fans are here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, I'm keep here. it down, Thank okay? You. Yeah, absolutely. We've told them all to duck down <laughs> yeah, under the seats because, you know, they, they, just, what they wanted to listen. It's about curiosity. So at this certain moment when there's a keyword, Jackie's going to literally snap or whatever she wants to do. And literally you are going to be overcome with all of our fans. Yeah. They're all sleepers. <laughs> exactly. A, we have a trigger word. We'll just leap up. Yeah. So introductions. Yes. John Burkhart is an award-winning keynote speaker, content strategist, co-author, author, yep. and workshop leader. Yeah, wow, God. And copywriter. Oh my God, you just said the C word because, uh, uh, yeah, no, that's, that is what, in lockdown, that's what I, I went back to my craft skill and I don't, literally don't record this. I love writing. Uh, do you know, I, I discovered, well, I'd been writing kind of beforehand, but yeah. I immersed myself in writing in lockdown. I thought I was going to hate it because it requires attention to detail and speaking just requires me being myself, but no, uh, I hate to admit it, it makes me better. Yeah? Yeah, and I love it, so uh, let's keep doing it. Well, <laughs> let, me, let me start then by yes. asking you what you wanted to be when you, when you grew up. Oh man, that is insanely easy uh, because it is why I moved to this country. Um, so. I uh, moved to this country straight off of um, losing a job due to, uh, uh, I guess we can say this, improper behavior. Uh, I worked for the US Soccer Federation and I was young, just out of university, and I was required to play soccer every day at lunch and I accidentally left my, my bag full of sweaty football gear um, in the reception. I didn't mean to, but uh, yeah, I was summarily dismissed for uh, leaving a sweaty ball bag in um, in reception of U.S. soccer. So then I moved here because everyone loves soccer here. I did, I just, <laughs> just go back on that. I just can't believe that you were dismissed over... No, a, no, a to be fair, my boss, was a pa- my, ba- my boss was passive aggressive as hell. And um, I had another uh, gig lined up at uh, an ad agency. And I just like... 
unfortunately, it's a lot of, it's the reason I'm a speaker is a lot of due to um, a, a desire to be loved. And I just could not handle her aggression, passive aggression. And I'm just like, I'm doing this for free as an intern for my dream company, the US Soccer Federation. I am gonna go and get paid and work in advertising. And that's what started. And it began in Chicago. And believe it or not, you just mentioned it. it I began in Chicago at the world's oldest ad agency um, uh, in WAR uh, in 1995. And I've been doing it ever since. Ah, but was that the dream? Or was it, what, what, so, so, was soccer the dream? But So um, uh, working for sports brands as a writer and performer was the dream. So I am vaguely doing it now, but I still have my hit list of people that uh, I haven't reached. Um, yeah, I don't just work for sport. I've just done online dating. I'm doing gaming, uh, esports, which is amazing. But um, yeah, I uh, I love, as I mentioned um, on stage today, um, I bore people with lots of sports analogies and because it's just what makes me passionate. But I really hope that something I say connects and if people are really into knitting or acting or improv, they'll just be able to associate my love of sport with whatever they love. Because don't you think it requires being curious, whatever your passion is? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, yeah. curiosity, creativity, content, you know, they're, they're all things that you are passionate about, I would say. Uh, absolutely. Uh... My man, Mark Schaefer, has also added something to my list that I'm, I'm exploring, uh, which I call ballsy, but he has this love of the word audacity, which is, you know, taking big risks. Um, so I, I do think to stand out in 2021, particularly as we post COVID Ooh. things. Oh God, what is that? I think it's just a fly. Oh, just fluff. <laughs> oh just no, a fly. oh, a fly. Oh, I thought it was fluff, but it's... Oh yeah, my God. That, the, the... Do you know he's been here all day, that fly? That is, oh my gosh. That is a kamikaze fly. It's out to attack us. Did you see the way he just swooped? Oh, he sorry, he attacked, sorry. He attacked I just assumed out. he was male. Uh, I don't know what his pronouns are, but he literally tried to attack Jackie. I saw it. Continue. Yeah, he has been here all day. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I mean, just talking about uh, the going back to the analogy, not the analogy, but the the mix of advertising, performing, and. It, it's not something you would put together as a performer to think, right, well, I'm going into marketing. Yes, writing, copywriting, you can yeah. see that. Yeah, visuals, you can see that. Yeah. But the performance side of it, how did that happen? Oh my God, uh, this, no one's asked me that. I, I dropped a tiny little hint on stage today, but I've never gotten to properly talk about it. So this may be, turn into a therapy, but I love performing and I um, got into it in high school, uh, laterally in, at university uh, in drama, doing theater. Just for a mate of mine who was a theater major, she just wanted my enthusiasm. And uh, yeah, I just thought, well, I'm really getting more attention from my writing um, and I can't imagine getting paid because I couldn't go the actor route. Mm. So I kind of thought the default way to getting into being creative was to be into writing and that was my craft skill uh, and then I just didn't realize how um, ghettoized the creative departments in marketing companies are because um, they don't get to perform uh, and I was just like well, I just want to I, I want to come up with ideas and I want to bring them to life to clients so um, yeah unfortunately it, it was a, a hard slog to 
move from writing to performing. Yes, yeah, and then not something that your uh, marketing colleagues would expect. I would no, none of my none of my um, contemporaries are into performing at all. They, they they run massive agencies as creative directors, and there's a bit of uh, what we call presentation theatre, pitch theatre, yeah, yeah. uh, which I love. It's like, oh my god, you're really trying to convince a client that your idea is the best, and you're doing everything you can. It's 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 a it's an art form, but um, I was never allowed to do that because um, I decided that my route was to write a book and get out of the presentation pitch theater yeah. and um, and and join uh, stages and try to get and keep attention via audiences on a on a live performance level, yeah. which is very uh, antithetical to what my copywriting friends are doing. Yes, I mean I, my vision of those old-fashioned ad agencies is madmen. They are. They so are. Is, oh my God. is that what it is? So, so listen to this. So I dropped my beautiful agency that I love working with. They sponsored the, the, the uh, creation of the newsjacking book. And um, I moved to uh, work across the street from where Mad Men was filmed on wow. Madison Avenue. And uh, I loved it until I didn't. Um, it was a brilliant agency. And um, I just wasn't ready for... I think you can, and I was a cliche, but I just think like the word rat race. Well, I, anyway, uh, New York plays very hard, but I will tell you and warn you, as you probably know, um, they work really hard and I could not handle the seven day a week thing, yeah. I just, uh, particularly with the one year olds. I, I, it was the wrong time to move to Madison Avenue. Yeah. I wish I had survived. I wish I'd survived a couple of years just because it would have been so different from anything here in, in London where I live. It would have been different. I kind of, I kind of think that maybe it would have uh, squashed your creativity in the end. Oh, we was already starting to do that after three months. Um, but I just wanted, I, I, I love new experiences. Um, I love you moving your podcast to a, a theater full of literally a thousand of our fans, who are literally having sore knees right oh, I know, now. I know. Guys, could you just relax and keep it down? We're Jack and I are trying to talk. Stop breathing. Yes, exactly. Hello. Uh, we're paying you. Okay. So anyway, um, I just thought, you know, I, I will somehow um, be able to hack it. And uh, yeah, I came back to London where I, I hate to admit it, but I think British work culture is more balanced. Um, while we may not always be as positive, we're a little bit more cynical and they like celebrate their wins like you've never, ever seen. Uh, before uh, it's just healthier what, here over here or over there over there no no uh, because they work hard yeah, and yeah. they play hard when they win they win big and it's a it's glorious yeah. so like you imagine the Emmys and the Oscars and, the, and yeah, yeah. The, the country that invented that well even in advertising they they celebrate hard and it's glorious to win I mean oh, that's the other thing they're so obsessed with um, awards and accolades and it not uh, because the truth be told is you need that if you're working seven days a week I do actually feel like we're more balanced here. Yeah. I, know, I know that's might be a harsh opinion and someone working till midnight tonight in London may totally disagree with me, but yeah. it's my experience. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. And I think they, they you know, they, the fact that they work so hard is they, they need that, recogni that, that recognition. Completely. And, and the culture over there means if they don't get that recognition, they don't get the next job. Oh, oh that's totally it. So what you just in indicated is the, it's fear driven. Yes. And I, as I pointed out today, uh, the fear monster, the imposter monster just wrecks everything. Yeah, yeah. 
So, I mean, and that makes it difficult. I don't know, there's lights. Oh, we're getting flashing here. lights. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, this is a sign, guys, <laughs> that you need to just relax, okay? <laughs> yeah, stay down, stay yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, for those of you that are just listening there, we've got this huge screen in front of us. We are here today because uh, we've been at a You Are The Media um, networking event. We call it Oktoberfest. Well, yes. Yatim, You yeah. Are The Media Oktoberfest, because it's the month of October, and, and I beer. am drinking beer, and Jackie is driving. Yes, so I'm a, <laughs> I'm a water, but, but hey. But it's been a fantastic day here, and, and the culmination really was you doing your your keynote speech. Your, your I want to say your first... Was it, has, was it your first performance of that particular it, it, So it's my speech? first performance of that speech, uh, and having chatted with my, um, my friend Mark Schaefer, uh, I just need to get back on the road, um, just because I've been performing, and I, I hate to admit it, I still, and we talked about this last time, I still love performing for the Zoom, um, but there is nothing like uh, the imp improv, and just not knowing what you're going to say or crucially what the audience is going to do. Uh, and you just don't get that on Zoom. You know, yeah. you, you, you know, I've ran into the audience and was getting people to run out with, with these bloody hula hoops and do film crazy things at the pool bus station and fear for their lives. And we, we basically demonstrated Squid Game. And you don't do that over Zoom. No. Even the best performers don't do that over Zoom. No. I, I have in lockdown done improvisation workshops on Zoom. Cool. And how is, does that work? Uh, it's, I mean, it's okay. It's yeah. fun when you're in lockdown, you can't do anything else. Oh, it it would have okay. been, uh, to be fair, because uh, I did a couple little things and you, you and I met um, our friend, uh, Lord Simon, uh, in his crazy little show. And I love that, but it's not the same. It isn't the same. It, it isn't the same, but it's, you know, it's okay. If you can work out how to use it. I mean, I think, it, and that's, that's what will come out of lockdown yeah. is, is the kind of innovation of using using both yeah and it's so, better than being a primary school teacher to your 10 year old uh when you don't have any skills isn't it <laughs> so yeah. i would say i would do improv on zoom a hundred times before doing what i did in lockdown homeschooling <laughs> exactly homeschooling, homeschooling. Yeah. yeah well let's talk a little bit then about what it is like because the the first in-person uh yatum you are the media was here at yeah. the lighthouse back Barry in stage yeah, yeah. july and that was the first sort of hybrid of having the Zoom on the on the huge screen, mm -hmm. people joining from home, but also having a live audience. Yep. And we discussed a little bit afterwards oh, yeah. what that was like because you were having to perform to a, a Zoom room mm. and to the auditorium. It was brilliant. So imagine you were um, told uh, right before you go on, uh, this is our first time to do this, We've got some really important people online from around the world. Uh, some of my top people, Jason Miller, Joseph Jaffe, that we mentioned. And you can't just disappear for them because we hadn't totally worked it out. So I basically performed, I had to, because we hadn't worked out the tech, perform for the screen. And then when you, when you came and dropped the truth bomb on me after in the bar there, I just was like, oh my God. I was aware of it at the time, but I was just trying to, it's almost like you cut your losses and you realize, well, they can see you and these other people can't. So you just say, okay, well, I'll go to the people and say, it, we, we have so achieved greatness uh, in the hybrid world since then. Yeah. But I think it was a lesson in how to uh, 
appeal to everyone and appeal to no one because yeah. I think these people who'd come and paid their money to be in these seats you know not they're also getting having sore yeah. knees as they're crouched down now they needed more and I, I do think hybrid is weird it's not something we've done before we're getting better here at you are the media but um as we all know the the key and why we had a film crew today the key is just try to see the whites of people's eyes in the rows that they filled in this lovely theater and have the virtual people uh, forget about them because yeah. the tech team are covering you in such a way that yeah. they totally feel like you're talking to them. Yeah. And that's just clever tech and we've nailed that. But don't you think it was a bit awkward that first one? Well, yeah, of course, but it, but it was what it was. And, yeah. and we were, as audience, I was here in the audience, mm, mm. Um, and as audience members, and as the, like Mark always says, is you build that community before you need it. And, and that played out here because we were all cheering you on. Mm. You know, it didn't matter if it didn't work, there was a yeah. glitch here or a glitch there. Yeah. Because we knew you were experimenting and we yeah. were part of that. But don't you think we were also, because it was July, keep in mind there were people wearing masks and freaked out and like, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, have I gotten too close to Jake, etc. He's coming on to me, etc. And it was just like, <laughs> oh my God, we, I don't think, I don't think, touch wood, we were as relaxed as we are now, come three or four months later. So, but I do think we're really happy to be with each other. Yeah. Because Mark has kept this going through lockdown and yeah. he's the reason I kind of came out of my shell. He's yeah. like, it's April, dude. You, you've literally uh, lost your client on April Fool's Day and haven't had any work and you need to stop being so inward. So I actually do think that this community has actually helped a lot of people with their mental health. Absolutely. Don't you think it's been like a, yeah. a, I hate to use the F word, but I think it's been a little bit of a family for a lot of entrepreneurs. Yes, no, I think you're absolutely right because okay. I came into lockdown, not particularly, well, I did belong to this community, but not particularly feeling like I belonged to this community. Oh really? So you but didn't feel like you were in, in, the, the same, in the same not, way? Not in the okay. same way now. But networking, I think, is such a, a, a huge thing for people that work for themselves. Yeah. You know, not just for the fact that you're getting, you know, you're gleaning ideas from other people, you're getting work, you know, all that, that kind of stuff. Mm. But absolutely for the mental health of it, because yeah. you are, certainly in my case, I was teaching workshops like you were. Mm. When, when COVID hit, I, all my work stopped overnight, yeah. like, you, like yours. And suddenly I am just in my room. I didn't know what Zoom was. I didn't know what, you know, how to work that tech, but I've had to learn. Yeah. And it was those networks, it was, it was having, you know that those people on that screen every week as it was in the beginning yeah it kind of has got me through and now i wouldn't be without this community and i yeah. think that's i assume that's the same for you yeah and we all learn because i, I remember in the early days because i still had my virtual clients that uh, had, had a couple of things that i've always done virtual um in madrid and mexico and various kind of virtual workshops so they that didn't go away because it was always there but it was just that was still only like 20% of my business or less. And I, I think it was when, when one of my clients who just was always real time, we were always uh, live, sorry. We were always live, I always had 25 of the brightest young advertising stars come and learn storytelling and influencer marketing to me. It's always been live. We always do the final presentation in a pub, in a London pub. People travel around from, from up north uh, and from anywhere around London and down south to be at these sessions and then it all went online and they forgot to change the time and I did wait uh, people are going to be shocked you're not going to believe this I did a six hour zoom call like who would in their right mind would want 
me for six hours and I forgot to tell him that six hours wouldn't work. So I just, I had breaks, I did everything I could. I mean, I hadn't updated my Mac, so the Zoom rooms took about a minute to just go into the breakout rooms because I hadn't updated the software. It was painful. And then that was, uh, that was a couple of months into lockdown. And then I was like, I gotta sort this out because people are dying. People are dying out there. It's like, it was proper lockdown squid yeah, game. Yeah, it was yeah, horrible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it is that, that uh, going back to the, the, the sort of hybrid way that it's working now. Yeah. How are you envisaging going forward as a presenter? Mm, mm. Uh, how do you, how oh, does it man. look for you? Oh, wow. So um, how, how I see it coming uh, in the next um, six months is different from how I see it uh, recovering after that. So, so I see a lot more virtual stuff still for the next six months. Uh, and I do love that. And I'm getting repeat gigs and various things. Uh, I don't enjoy them as much, but I really, I really want all that to shift to doing, A, I will always want to do at least one or two virtual gigs every week because it gets, keeps me practiced. But um, I, I think we, as performers, people who love improv, I think we need to be in the presence of human beings uh, from 2022 on a regular basis, yeah. I would say minimum twice a month, yeah. to keep our to keep our humanity and to keep our the things that, because I think we all need what um, we all need to feel uh, what what makes us feel alive, and I think for certain writer performers, um, and I've just found out that my daughter is one. She's now doing a, an acting class, and I'm helping her with that. I think we all need to recover from this and be in the presence of human beings twice a month. Yeah. Don't don't put numbers on it. Some people need it every <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, some people yeah. are like crazy ego maniacs and need it every week or every day. And some people do it for a living, but you know. Yeah. So let's just go back slightly. I'd mm. love to know how it came to be that you are uh, such an animated presenter of, uh, of, um, of marketing workshops. Yeah, I mean, and and how how do you sell that to a corporate that isn't kind of used to your exuberance? Yeah, so um, so the answer is um, so tricky to kind of blame one little isolated incident, but I hate to admit it, but the book really helped um, solidify the perception that I was uh, more than a writer. I know that sounds weird because a book is just writing but it is a calling card uh, for a lot of people to speak and since 2000 well sent it into the publisher in 2012 so uh, and and i i've been writing about it on the blog since 2009 so yeah i i transitioned into a performer from 2009 and really heavy in 2012 to, to now but the book is what the book was rocket fuel yeah the book was absolute rocket fuel and now i'm faced with uh, going to a similar conference I can't announce yet, but uh, as the 10-year uh, anniversary of newsjacking and relaunching my Constant Curiosity book with the help of of, of, of people who've kind of helped me along the way. Because yeah. it's, it's never, it's always a village. It's never just you on your own. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but I, I would be very, uh, I think it's, I think writing a book is very, 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 I can't remember, I've lost count, difficult. So, I just got to keep performing material like I've been blessed to do this here uh, and hope that 
I can take what worked with people and then turn it into blog posts and yeah. repurpose the hell out of it. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about newsjacking because it was yeah. not something that I'd really heard of before. Oh, wow, before. brilliant. So okay. tell me... Before today or before before, well, before yes. we first met? Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, so newsjacking was amazing um, only in the sense that it finally gave me a purpose because... I get obsessed with shiny things, and this one particular shiny thing wasn't going away because it was social media. It was Twitter, and I just, uh, I know Jack Dorsey was just painting a fence, and, and he sent a text message and thought, what if, what if this could be a thing? And it became a thing, and then it launched at this conference in Texas, South by Southwest, and everyone loved it. Um, it had previously gained massive um, recognition because of an earthquake and people couldn't use their phones. Their, the phone signal was dead, so they uh, were able to use their data and they used Twitter to tell people that they were okay in the earthquake in California. And it just became strength to strength and became a big thing, Twitter. And I just was like obsessed with it personally. And then where the transition came for me was when I started literally experimenting because of my curiosity with doing it for brands. Right. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And I, I had this weird thing, and it does, it's, it's wrong, but it's like, it was, imagine me as a mascot. Like, I, so basically what I did was I said, if there's a brand that has a mascot, I'm going to call them up and take over, ask to take over their Twitter account, and I will take over their Twitter account in the personality of this inanimate, uh, uh, no, this animal, so this animate being, not, not a human being, but a, a, an animal, like mascots or like dogs, foxes, whatever. Um, the guy for the PG tips, monkey. Yeah, chimpanzee. Um, yeah, chimpanzee, yeah, and, and I just love that. And I just, so my first idea was just silly because I love being playful. And I was just like, I'm gonna go and reach out to all the brands that have mascots and see if they'll allow me to be the voice of the mascot on Twitter. And that just led to me helping brands doing social media and led to the newsjacking book, which was just about helping brands be relevant in the moment on social media. We're not ending here, just taking a quick break to remind you that you are listening to Power to Speak the Podcast with my guest, John Burkhart. And we'll be back with John after we hear from our friend, fellow podcaster and master of verbal communication, Andrew Thorpe. We're all in the persuasion business, whether that's pitching to a potential client, selling ourselves in a job interview, or convincing a teenager to tidy their room. How we frame our message and how we deliver it makes all the difference. And this is the theme of my podcast, Leaning Forward. I'm Andrew Thorpe. I'm a speaker, a trainer, and a storyteller. And I'd love you to tune in to our latest episode. And so newsjacking is, is kind of hijacking, but taking the news. Yes, that's, that's it, it, I mean, that, that is the essence of it. But when you, when you dig into the various chapters of the book, it's not just news like this big um, announcement, uh, you know, when Facebook uh, went down this week, etc. You know, lots of people reacted to that. So that's proper newsjacking. But there are many sides to that. There's planned spontaneity, which is like doing something different with April Fool's Day or Valentine's Day or just being you know, countercultural. So there's the planned bit. Um, it, it, some bit is, some of it is um, 
is brand banter. So it like, you know, if one brand does this, uh, Peloton did this crazy thing over lockdown and everyone just jumped on that. So it's, yeah, it, it is basically around cultural events. I just yeah. don't don't want people to think it's just news because it's, it's about anything that is real time and relevant and does that brand have a right to have a say in that conversation? And that, to me, it's fascinating. And it's the reason I do my beer notes, which I've started here in Bournemouth at, uh, and Pool at You Are The Media, which is just, well, oh my God, what if we treated events like a real-time news story because we've got Jason Miller talking about like rock and roll and marketing. It's like Doug Kessler like uh, talking about writing and, and how everything's crap. It's like, what if I turned that into news and I did a real-time review of what had just happened at this amazing You Are The Media conference? And that, to me, that became newsjacking because I was newsjacking a conference by simply summarizing what just happened for eight hours in an entertaining yeah. way. It's a good thing for organizers because sometimes they're, everyone's tired and they need to know what the hell just happened. Yeah, yeah. And so, the, so that was newsjacking a conference, believe it or not, that I just happened to call beer noting because I like alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it, 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 it makes, makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> makes perfect sense. <laughs> but, but the book itself, who, who was it aimed at then? What, what so was the, it, the, uh... it was totally aimed at marketers, creative people, well, anyone in, in a in a marketing or branding role. The, the people who've loved it the most are the people that can look at all the creativity of it and all the examples, hundreds of examples, and we had to get permission to use all of them. It was very painful. But um, it was to inspire people to just not sit in their offices looking at their you know creative partner or their planning partner or their whoever partner in a marketing company and just taking briefs. I wanted people to create briefs. I wanted them to be proactive and start looking for ways for the brand to stand out. I just really hate, mainly it has to do with I don't like rules. And I'm like, if, if a brand thinks this is the right thing, then let's do it and we'll create some content around their content calendar. But please allow me to have these fun little bits of spontaneity. And it was a lot because of this curious, constant curiosity brain. I was just like, I'm so bored with knowing what's gonna happen today because mm. I don't like routine. So newsjacking was just selfishly my way of breaking the routine by trying to be real time and relevant so I could get a little bit of a kick and then I realized I'm not the only one that likes doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Donald, do, Donald Trump likes getting a little kick on Twitter as well. <laughs> yeah, they, they kicked him off though, didn't Yeah, they, they did. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just wonder, um, have you had feedback from, from people that have kind of been released from their boxes by, by your workshops that suddenly, mm. suddenly things have, because just so people know, uh, mm. I mean, they will, after this, but they will go and look you up and, and look at what you do. But the, the gifts and the memes and all of that kind of social media data and statistics mm. that you kind of mix in to, to what it is, that it's, you know, it's kind of that constant looking at it going, oh my gosh, how, you know, how do you, how do you, um, how do you put that into a quite staid brand? Yeah, so it's a really good question. And the reality is uh, there's two types of thinking that we talked about, and that is the squirrel thinking, which is the reacting and like, you know, I've got this gift of this squirrel shaking its backside. And it's because it's just like, they're just always looking for what, what's new, what's next. And it's like this restless desire. Um, and that's exhausting. I'm exhausting just even imitating a squirrel. Um, not every brand can be that quick. Not every brand wants to be that quick. 
Um, but the reality is once you set a content strategy around what you can and be willing to talk to, certain brands realize that they will get more of a hit if they're quicker than others, mm. if they're quick to have the first opinion on something. So what the beautiful thing about this newsjacking thing is, is being able to tell clients it's a tactic. It's just a tactic, it's not a strategy. And then once they understand that, they're willing, and it's the reason why you mentioned at the top of the show that I'm a content strategist. I started off with this guy who kind of helped co-invent this tactic, and then all of a sudden, it led to me being a strategist because you have to know what you stand for before you can then know how you would want to use a tactic. Where people got it wrong was when they thought newsjacking was a strategy, when really it's just a tactic about being quick and clever around things, wait for it, that you have a right to be quick and clever about. You know, the royal, um, baby, the royal couple, um, Kate and Will, having a baby back in the day, there were certain brands that were totally trying to newsjack that, and not in one million and one years would Kate or Will uh, subscribe to that particular brand of mm. cider, for example. Yeah. They just wouldn't. And that's when it fell foul, and that's when I created my sort of, what I call my, my brand balls ups, which is brands behaving badly because of a lack of strategy. And I wish people had read the book and not just gotten into this shiny toy syndrome of just being quick and clever and newsjacking the frick out of anything that walked. Yeah. Because it just led to some really embarrassing yeah. scenes. Yeah. Well, I did watch uh, something in, in preparation for talking mm. to you today, death jacking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Tell me oh. about it. Tell, tell me David about Bowie. The props. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh. <laughs> so right now, um, just because I'm trying to be comfortable around Jackie, because uh, I don't want to be intimidated, I'm wearing uh, some leisure shoes, which I would call in this country leisure leisure shoes and they have holes in them they're plastic and um they are called crocs but the reality is oh jackie i can't believe this <laughs> david bowie can we call him a musical icon oh my god i think this is the time when we get all the fans to stand up <laughs> yeah. so jackie and john fans what do you think of david bowie oh anyway um oh look here's two now oh, oh what do you think of david bowie what do I think of him? Yeah, I mean, his music. Obviously, he's dead. You're, be, you're being recorded, by the way. Oh, are yes. we really? <laughs> oh, well, what am what, what I supposed to say? No, no, no. Do you like... Do you, do, can not, you think of one song? No, I'm not a big music buff. No. Can you think of I'm one David Bowie song? I'm man, really. Which one? China Girl. China, China Girl. Oh, oh should that, we sing yeah, it? Should we crazy. sing it? Um, oh. Oh, interrupting. Yeah. Right. We're not... Are we still on? Yeah, we are still on. I can edit. Yeah, good. What time are you starting the film? Please? I think I seven. Think seven. Yeah. seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. China Can Girl, come on, one little bar. We're doing, China we're doing girl. a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How do you the podcast? <laughs> and this is this. I'm Mike. Mike? Yeah, this is Mike. Milton Keynes Bowl in 1988. Oh my gosh! 83. I was there in 83. So we have 88 David Bowie, 83 going once. Anyone on camera seen David Bowie before 83? No. I can't, I can't claim that. What about all our fans? They're just still crouched down. Shh. We have literally thousands. Mike, we have thousands sleep. of fans yeah, cheering they're... for us, but they're just all crouched down. They're very quiet, aren't they're they? They're very quiet, Mike. Do you want me to go to the back and sort of yeah, yeah, shelter? Right. <laughs> give us, give when us a... When you say this is on, I'm not sure what you're on about. <laughs> is this, is this, you <laughs> have me on You're going to be the star, star <laughs> Mike. <laughs> does, does, the, does Paul Lighthouse have a Facebook group? 
Oh yeah, this, you're going to be big we're on, gonna on so all our now. channels. What is the role you two are doing now then? What's so, all this now? So this is about uh, so content marketing. It's today. all to do with the conference. Ah, you see, I wasn't in during the day. Yeah, so it's like an interview. Yeah, exactly. So John was the speaker today, so I'm interviewing him for my podcast. Uh, right. Well, actually, she's interviewing both of us. Yes, <laughs> you are now a guest on my podcast. We're live to our massive I've got to phone the wife up, put the computer on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike is a legend. <laughs> what is the name of the person? Look at John. Uh, Louis, Louis, John Louis. John. No, the chap out there. Oh, oh Mark. Mark. <laughs> Mark. Do I forget name. Mark Masters. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the room. I, so was, we were talking about room. David Bowie, I know. Yes. Uh, yeah, so the, 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 um, the, this brand of plastic garden shoe with holes in it, uh, looks like Swiss cheese, uh, created the David Bowie, what I call the death shoe, because they basically put the red lightning bolt on it and commemorated his death. And it, it, when things are seen to be a little too salesy, particularly around when people die, it's, it is death jacking. And I really want people to think about the strategy of the brand. Do the brand want to be seen as someone who latches onto something for their own personal gain? Or could it be more around their purpose? And I don't think Crocs, believe it or not, Crocs have had a major strength of strength thing, particularly in lockdown. And they've become this massive fashion icon shoe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Massive That's now. But they have actually, um, they, the lovely thing, listen, the lovely thing about social media is everyone can forget if a brand responds correctly, they'll forgive them. Yeah, and nothing absolutely. is, nothing is, and I think that's comforting for you and me, because as we try to write and create content, we need to know that we can be ballsy, we can take risks, we can be audacious, we can be curious, and we can be forgiven. Because I think a lot of people live in fear of upsetting people, but unless, unless like Patty Powers' content strategy, unless someone goes to prison, it's all okay. <laughs> Unless someone dies, yeah. And then yeah, exactly. I don't think I don't. Uh, uh, other than Mike for absolutely hijacking our podcast, I don't think anyone's going to die in uh, in this recording it's of this podcast. Way. No, actually, I'm going to no, forgive I, Mike because he was so he was loving. He was, he was nice. He's he was really nice. Loving. I would, obviously, yeah. he will have to be. He won't be completely edited out. <laughs> I know. You know. I think that's just <laughs> such a welcome addition. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, let me let me yeah. see what else. I was uh, flying planes. Do you actually fly a plane? So I may have told a tiny mistruth um, because I was just in charge of doing the marketing for that. So we got the Hollywood actor to do In a World Where Planes Fly Over the Thames. No, so we did the London Red Bull Air Race and it was just one of the crowning moments because it was just this big thing of Red Bull flexing their muscles and you know, it, it, little things like that started to where then they sent a guy from space. Basically, Red Bull was playing hardball with like massive experiences and it led to them becoming a media company and yeah. not a brand. Yeah. I know some people probably still drink the drink because you have it with vodka, but I view Red Bull as a, as a media brand. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's weird. I've not really thought about that before, but yeah. yes, absolutely. Yeah. That kind of crossover. That's mm. what I was going to say, actually. It, it, do you feel like we are in a sort of a transition between uh, our generation, I, I, obviously you're, young, you're younger than me, but a, a generation of the old school media, yep. mad men kind of thing, mm -hmm. and those guys that are coming up that have only ever known social media. So oh, that, you man. know, maybe in 10, maybe not even as, as many as that, in 10, 15 years time, those people running those ad agencies will only ever have known a world with social media. To me, uh, yeah, the, uh, digital is the air we breathe, and I don't. I, I now am like 
doing work for online dating sites and things that I've never ever experienced because I was married before they literally existed and uh, and on camera I would never say that I'm really into online dating sites being happily married because the reality is I'm not and it is a very tough world in the pandemic trying to find love trust me I've tried to get into the psychology of it but don't don't you think it's amazing like the, the world we live in, like, there are people that literally have only known love from a swipe. Uh, it seems foreign to me because I meet people in pubs and various other places. But, yeah, it's I'm excited by that, but it's also very, uh, for some of my friends who are older than me, as well as my age, who weren't totally obsessed with social media, um, it seems all a bit much. Yeah. You know, yeah. it is overwhelming. You know that one photo I, I have in my slides, it's one of my favorite ones. It's just of this girl doing, I actually created it myself from two Unsplash photos, but um, so it's a combination of mine. I found this girl doing this head exploding thing. Yeah, yeah. And then I surrounded her with icons from social media. I think it's really powerful because I think, I don't even think it's people sort of our generation. I actually think over the pandemic, young people have realized that like this dating it's website I work for, their main raison d'etre is get people offline and going to meet people in real life. Use the app, but get them as quick as they can into real life, because I think yeah, real yeah. life is great. That's why I'm loving the fact that I got to be with you yes. in a stadium, you can call it a stadium, because yeah. I love sport. You know, this, <laughs> I mean, and this is the first, first time for me that I've actually done a podcast live. Is it? Yes. No way! World first! But you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this more often. This is no, I would. I, 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 the, my, my whole thing about the reason I haven't started a podcast, hopefully you and Joseph can encourage me, is because um, I only love live, and I just like, oh my god, do I have to sit there and I just can't imagine audio. I can't. I literally cannot imagine because I don't like my voice. So I was like, why would I do a podcast? So I've been in the crazy search for a partner who has a really nice voice, like a received pronunciation or newsreadery thing. Mm. And, uh, but I love the fact that like in the world we now live in with you out of the media, we all know about repurposing. And, yes. and I love not even just using this as backup, but using this as main stage. Yeah, yeah. Like you and I having fun, being entertaining. And the next thing we know is you're recording podcasts every single time you meet up with your amazing you are the media community you line people up because they literally particularly you with your expertise in improv and all this i actually think you need to well i mean line up the people that you feel will most um come to life in the setting i I think I, i think there will be some people who may prefer a more virtual setup and i think you will know within the first few minutes of talking to someone who's built for a packed theater of fans and and not. (laughs) No, this is is me from now on. I love it. Oh, yeah, yeah, look, we're creating a revolution, baby! We're about to get kicked out. Mike (laughs) and Louise are just going to be like, uh, we got a gig going on. Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy for anything. Because I've got, look, I've asterisked all these things that I took notes on as you were talking. and I just want to do a lightning round? Can we? Because I can literally shut the frick up. I'm only allowed five words. Okay. Okay. Imposter syndrome um something i've had over lockdown but i'm never going back there because if it's if it if it frightens you do something frightening two or three times and it'll go away fabulous 
Uh, feel like an alien still? Yeah, uh, always, because I'm not from around here. I've been here 20 years. Uh, I see the world differently. I have this crazy exuberance that is not matched with cynical British wit. So always an alien, but I love these people anyway. Uh, and then the next one I have is, is Tinder. Oh. Who, who and what? That's what I want to know. Okay. Who, who are your, your clients? Oh, uh, okay. Uh, oh, do I want to name them? Do I want to... Um, I don't want names. I okay. Just want, you know, just okay. So, so the reason I like them, so I won't name them for particular reasons. I get paranoid about NDAs and crap. But um, I am very excited to be working for an online dating app that is all about real life. I'm very excited currently for working for a gaming um, company that uh, has revolutionised esport, particularly within sports games, with a particular um, uh, sporting league in America. Um, yeah, I, lo I, I love working for those clients. I, I, I'm working for others. I'm getting back into the live speaking and stuff, but yeah. I will I, always, I will always do the, I was all, always do the writing work from now on. You heard it on camera because it does help us to be better at this kind yes, of thing. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I was thinking you were writing people's profiles. That's what I thought you were doing. Oh, Oh, no, I can. I've learned so much that I, 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 I could even, I, I practiced, I was like, could I write my wife's date, online dating profile? And that is just a weird thought, because yeah. I never, ever want her ever to date online. But you can write one for me. But I just, oh, definitely. But I, I, what I want to know is, uh, what I, I love psychology, so getting into what makes people tick, and, and also getting into the X, the tenderization. Tinder has ruined everything because it's about hooking up. I just, I want people to find love. And if my words can, and strategies can help them find love in real life, post pandemic, then rock and roll. Brilliant. <laughs> that should be your mission. Forever. Yeah, but let's not end on dating because that's no, weird. No, no. Uh, what apps do you use to get ideas? Because obviously you find all those oh. memes. I mean, are you, are you oh. just on TikTok? Or no, that? man, I wish, I wish. Oh. Um, so uh, I love, um, so I aggregate everything into Feedly uh, and uh, have thousands of feeds from loads of blogs on a variety of subjects, one being online dating now, one being eSports uh, currently. And I just go crazy with getting the most popular blogs into this channel that I use, BuzzSumo and SimRush, to find out what's the most shared about those. And so I just become this crazy internet research beast. And it means that I ignore the thing that made me me for weeks on end because I get tunnel vision of exploring the real reason why customers would go to a brand. It's bad. I wish I could be more balanced and just be like telling everyone these little things I'm learning, but Schaefer's helping with that. I'll come back, don't worry. I'll even have my own video podcast. Excellent. As I uh, spill beer all over the beer's everything. Gone. Beer's gone. Oh, um, no. I oh. just had uh, one more really, which was about breath. Watching yes. you on stage, That's... you need to, you need to breathe more. Yes, Let's and you know, as, can you as could you mind? Um, I don't want this to be a question. I want this to be. I would love to just take some constructive feedback. A, I've put on a stone since lockdown, uh, so I don't think I breathe that well as I used to because I'm heavier. But I need help, and um, I get excited. Uh, you need to control that. You need to talk slower. You need to slow the the, um, the cadence of things. You, it, there's so many things I want to improve on. But give me, just give me a one, CV. I, I would say <laughs> one thing that would do you the world of good is yeah. to join a choir. 
Oh my God, you're preaching to the choir, Jackie. Do you realize how much I love singing? Do you realize I got Justin on the piano? I love music. I found out over lockdown that I can sing. My wife was shocked because I was singing all these sea shanties, even for brands here in Bournemouth um, and uh, Beach and Body, uh, Westburn Grove. Uh, love you, Alex King. So, Melanie. Uh, oh, it's not supposed to be emotional, sorry. Anyway, I just... I think that's brilliant advice. It is. Do you, do you, know, do you know about uh, choirs and things? I, I need to start looking for myself. I mean, okay. obviously the breathing techniques that I do for, for acting that's right. is, is, is great for performing, but you can do all that. What you yeah. need to do is just to enjoy Isn't breathing. Isn't it diaphragm it is stuff? about breathing down here. Yeah. And doing a singing, uh, learning how to sing will do that. I mean, oh, man, I, this is I so can good. send you, so my, my, send you my, diaphragmatic my, breathing. Oh, this is great. My tennis stuff. coach and, and pickleball coach has been trying to... He's been doing these diaphragm stuff. To, it, to, it helps him with his athletic performance, but he was like, ah, oh, you need it. You need it. You, you, yeah. you cannot keep going the way you're going without uh, finding ways to just um, contain and preserve energy. Yes. Even, even with my, sadly, my own yelling for my own performance when Mark mentioned, and John's coming up, I was yelling and hooping and hollering from the back with Matt Desmond, and I thought, an acting coach would have said, save your voice. Save your voice, because I actually felt like I was yelling yeah. and it was hurting my vocal cords. That's it, you do it from up here. And I was like, oh my God, what if yeah. I lose my voice? Yeah. It's just all about learning how to put it down there. It's powerful. Anyway, my, my, my <laughs> friend, so quickly, quickly, where can people find you, John, okay, if they so, want to connect with you? So people can find me best on LinkedIn, uh, John Burkhart on LinkedIn. Uh, I spark curiosity through strategy and storytelling, and uh, that's the best place. Uh, my um, my website needs work, so it will be launching soon. Uh, but I, I would love to connect with people, your people on LinkedIn, and I think this is the time we we, we basically say, "Come on, guys, it's time <laughs> to give us a rebel yell. Give Ready? us a rebel yell for David Bowie." And uh, on that, just before they, everybody pops up and gives us uh, a rebel yell, <laughs> I'd say goodbye from How to Speak, the podcast. And so, oh, so much fun had, John. Thank you so much for being here and being my first in-person guest. Thank you, Jackie. And I will say, um, I don't need you guys to know this because you already know this, but now that Jackie and I are going live, there's just a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on us for our costumes. So we are looking for brands, particularly fashionable brands, because Jackie's more fashionable. We're looking for brands to sponsor us. Is that fair Absolutely. to say? Absolutely. Okay. No, I, I, I'll do that. <laughs> so uh, just to say, we'll do a round of applause, and our audience would just. You can now come up. Yeah. Yay. Believe it or not, the theater, because Mike uh, and Louise interrupt us, the theater is about to be used for this massive charity event. So we do need to vacate need the premises. Yeah. But Jackie, thank you. This I, I, I love talking about this stuff. Yeah. And we didn't even really properly cover improv, which we can cover we next didn't. time. Yes. Oh, we will. We'll come back and we'll just do an improv one. Yeah. So thank yeah, you exactly. very much. Let's go. See you at Christmas. <laughs> Bye. Now that was fun. Thanks, John, for sharing the stage with me for the first ever in-person Power to Speak podcast, recorded at Lighthouse in Poole. I learned some new words and concepts from John during my day with him. Newsjacking, deathjacking and fubbing, to name just three. Oh, and pitch theatre? That was another. I'm now going to be audacious, constantly curious, and use strategy rather than tactics when I'm thinking about my content. What were your takeaways from our conversation? Connect with me on LinkedIn or contact me through the website powertospeak.co.uk and let me know. And remember, if you, like all of us, 
are in the persuasion business and need inspiration or tips on the art of verbal communication, then tune in to Leaning Forward with our friend Andrew Thorpe. Find Leaning Forward on your favourite podcast platform. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, then please leave a five-star review on whichever platform you're on. And if you'd like to receive information about future guests or would like to know more about Power to Speak coaching, then sign up for our fortnightly newsletter at powertospeak.co.uk. Bye for now.